0: Praise Thee, Lord, for Thy great plan that we Thy
1: dwelling place may be.
2: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Witness Lee. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades before eventually bringing this ministry to the West in 1962. He spent the next 35 years speaking to Christians in North America and all over the world before going to be with the Lord in 1997. The life study of the Bible is his most significant contribution to the heritage of biblical exposition and we're delighted to be able to bring you short portions of his spoken ministry today. If you have questions or comments, or would like to find other Christians in your area enjoying this same ministry, just email us, radio at lsm.org. Again, that's radio at lsm.org. Here's today's program. In Exodus, the Lord sent Moses to Pharaoh to demand that Pharaoh release God's people from slavery. But rather than yield to God's demand, Pharaoh rebuffed, even humiliated Moses, the man of God. A predictable discouragement followed, and Moses complained openly to the Lord. But God chose this critical moment to reveal himself in an even greater way to Moses, his called one. Have you seen Jehovah the Great I Am in the midst of your setbacks? Stay with us as we get another view of our Savior God on today's life study of the Bible with Witness Lee, furnished by Living Stream Ministry. Matt Miller is here, and Matt, uh, I always enjoy these times when you and I get kind of share the, the burden together, and I'm really happy to have you. This is an inspirational program today.
1: Thanks, Chris. I'm really glad to be here and share this time with you.
2: Moses was sent by the Lord we mentioned in the opening to demand of Pharaoh that he let God's people go. But not only did Pharaoh not obey Moses' word, he seemed to mock him as well. At the end of Exodus 5, Moses even complains audibly to the Lord. And the Lord's response is very interesting. Let me read the last couple of verses of chapter 5, Matt, and then we'll pick up the Lord's response. In verse 22, chapter 5, Moses says, Lord, why have you mistreated this people? Why is it that you have sent me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has mistreated this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. Now, that in itself is striking to me. I don't know how it uh, strikes you, Matt, but here's Moses, the man of God, and he's verbally, you know, uh, venting and letting out his uh, deep frustration, isn't he? He sure is, Chris. And it's easy for
1: us to relate to this in our experience because – Many times we experience what Moses experienced in Exodus chapter 3 and chapter 4, which were so encouraging. There was, he saw God in a burning bush, and we've covered this in previous programs. It was so amazing that God appeared to Moses. And then he gave him the three signs of a called one, and there were so many, you know, his staff turned into a serpent, and he picked up the staff, and he got control of it, and and he put his hand in it and it became leprous and, and the water turned to blood. Eventually, Moses goes into Egypt in chapter 5 to give Pharaoh a message with all that inspirational background from God's appearing to him and even giving him the miraculous background. And yet the response is two complaints and two questions in the verses you just read. Hmm. The two questions are, Lord, why have you mistreated this people? Because the result is, God's people had to produce the same amount of bricks for Pharaoh without getting the straw. Right. They had to collect their own straw. So the people were mad at Moses that he went to Pharaoh and asked for his, uh, Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh basically made things harder on God's people, number one. And then the second question was, is, why is it that you have sent me? He's just obviously very discouraged. And then he complains ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he's mistreated this people, first complaint, and you have not delivered your people at all. He's just so discouraged. And I think we can relate to this. This is a very experiential message today, and I hope our listeners will stay with us because it's so inspiring to see how God led Moses to this point for a purpose. It wasn't a mistake. This is all part of God's plan to encourage us by seeing who God is and how he reveals who he is through his name. And I think we'll see that in this program.
2: Yeah, let's look at a couple of verses here at the beginning of chapter 6, which is uh, the Lord's response to Moses' outburst. And he's not angry at Moses for expressing his frustration, but he takes this moment to reveal what really is at the crux of our program today. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am Jehovah. And I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as the all-sufficient God, El Shaddai. But by my name, Jehovah, I did not make myself known to them. And I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their sojournings in which they sojourned. Here's Witness Lee. To know the
0: name is one thing. To know God by this name is another thing. Today... Who doesn't know the name Jesus? But not many do know the Lord Jesus by the name Jesus. To know the title Jesus is one thing, but to know the Lord Jesus in an experiential way, by the name Jesus, you know what Jesus means? Jesus means Jehovah the Savior. All the people on this earth do know the title Jesus, but they don't have an experience of Jehovah the Savior. Abraham knew this title Jehovah. Isaac did. And Jacob did too. But none of them got to know God by this name. God was not known to them by this name. God was made known to them by another name. By what name? All-sufficient God means the supplying God and the promising God. When God promises, He is as there. When God fulfills His promise. He is Jehovah. All these three great fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, with them, God was only the God all-sufficient. God was not it to them, Jehovah. God promised, but not fulfilled. To Moses, was God as they promising? Or Jehovah, fulfilling God coming to Moses, not to promise to Moses the good land, but to fulfill the promise of the good land which he gave to Abraham. Not only with Moses, but also with all the children of Israel. God is now not mainly the God, are sufficient, but God Jehovah, our Jehovah God. He is the fulfilling God. In the whole universe, there is one that is, and this one that is, is the fulfilling God. Now the time comes that God is going to fulfill what he promised to the forefathers. He's going to fulfill this to whom? To Moses and to all the children of Israel. By what name? Not by us, die, but by he is that he is. By I am that I am. By the one that is. By Jehovah.
2: Okay, Matt, let's uh, let's pick up this portion and, and kind of tie it back to where we were at in our conversation before we joined Witness Lee. We have Moses deeply frustrated. He'd you know, come back, as you explained very well, with the setup, and he's got God's word, and he's got God's promises, and he's full of faith, ready to go to accomplish God's purpose, and exactly the opposite result is what he's confronted with. And out of that frustration, he sort of erupts before the Lord, complaining and kind of saying, what's up? You know, you told me one thing and something else happened. But really, from what we just heard, I'm convinced the Lord had this in mind the entire time because he had something more to reveal to Moses, didn't he?
1: He did. And the interesting phrase in Exodus chapter 6 is God's answer to Moses is, I am Jehovah. Yeah. Witness Lee's stress here is the two names of God, El Shaddai and Jehovah. And so El Shaddai is the promising God, and Jehovah is the fulfilling God. And he says, I am Jehovah, and I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as the all-sufficient God, but by my name Jehovah, I did not make myself known to them. But actually, when you look back, they had heard the name of Jehovah but they had never known Jehovah, Right. they had right. never known the fulfilling of the promises. And I think this is a point we want to stress in this program today is that many of us know the name Jehovah. We've heard it, but how many of us have really experienced the one who fulfills the promise? And I hope our listeners would take this one point to heart, that they wouldn't have just a knowledge of God, but they could know God in a way that fulfills the promise. And this is what we see in this picture with Moses. It's like you said, all this was a setup. God wanted to make himself known as Jehovah, right. the one who fulfills. Right. And he wants us to know him as the fulfiller of the promise.
2: I, I appreciate that point that you underscored from Witness Lee's sharing. It's one thing to know the name. You said Jehovah. How many of God's people really know him as Jehovah? You could go out another layer and say, on the earth, there may not be a better known name than Jesus, which is Jehovah the Savior in its literal translation. So that name is very well known. But how many people actually know him by that name? I may know there's a Matt Miller, but by the Lord's grace, I've gotten to know over the years Matt Miller by Matt Miller. That's really good, Chris.
1: And that's a good lead into the next portion with Witness Lee.
2: All right, let's go.
0: Today, we are not in the stage of being promised. We are in the stage of what? Of fulfillment. But today, we are short of experiences of knowing the Lord by His name, by the great I am. Today, do you have the fulfillment? Have we really experienced Jehovah? You know, today's life, to know God by his name, else die is easy. The Lord's rich. The Lord's almighty. The Lord's all-sufficient. He's not narrow. He's not stinted, He's rich. Yes, but coming to your daily experience, how about it? Do you have the real experience of Jehovah? I am that I am. It needs some experiences to know this name. Over 40 years ago, that was 1933, the church in my hometown was raised up. and I was uh, working in a uh, corporation, incorporated with three companies, I was helping them In taking care of the books. It was quite busy. The Lord was there. And the blessing came. And the number was increasing. And the burden was uh, more and more. So I got the burden to give up my job. To serve the Lord with full time. That was close to 50 years ago. There was not such a thing in the whole channel. To serve the Lord not hired by anyone. Then I went to the Lord. I prayed again and again. I couldn't get this thing settled until August 1933. From the first week, the Lord began not to let me go. I couldn't eat well. I couldn't sleep well. I nearly had no heart to do anything. I was considered, to give the job, or to continue job, for three weeks. I just couldn't go on. I couldn't leave by that day. After the prayer meeting that night, I asked two leading ones to stay with me. And I told them I couldn't go on. I just couldn't go on. You two must help me to get this thing solved. Then they promised me that they would go back and pray for me. Then MSLs after 11 in the night, in my study, I went to the Lord. By that time, I didn't have the light. I got to know all the promises. And your father knows all your need. As long as you seek after his kingdom and his righteousness, whatever you need, he'll add to you. I knew all these promises. But that night, the Lord not only unveiled the word of his to me, but also unveiled himself to me. By that time, I didn't understand, but now I can recall the Lord unveiled him to me as the present one. As the one not only promises but the one also can fulfill his promises. That was a kind of vision, a kind of seeing in the spirit. And the Lord told me, this is it. If you believe, that's it. If you don't believe, forget about it. And I realized clearly, definitely, the Lord would not wait. If you take me, take me. If you don't take me, forget about it. Then the tears came then I said, Lord, okay, this is it. I take you. It was about 12 midnight. I rose up and it was said home. Tonight, after 46 years, I can testify he is not only the promising God, the surely has been to me. The fulfilling God, Jehovah.
2: Matt, this testimony that we just heard from uh, Witness Lee was both touching, but I would say, in a sense, even more revealing. You know, his description of his life, he's taking care of the church there, he's speaking five times a week, and he's got a secular employment that keeps him more than full-time occupied. He was really stretched, yet he obviously was experiencing the El Shaddai there, the the all-sufficient God. But then the Lord came to him, with an even greater demand, because just as he had to Moses, he wanted to reveal himself in a deeper, higher way to Witness Lee.
1: Yeah, this, Chris, reminded me of the verse in John 16 when he said, The spirit of reality will come. I I just feel like God became real in a deeper way to Witness Lee when he had this experience of being challenged by the Lord. Will you drop your job and trust me and do something that's never been done in, in his concept. He was asked yeah, to give up yeah. his job and trust the Lord. To He knew the verses. He said, I knew the promise. I knew the verse in Matthew chapter 6 that if you seek first the kingdom, all these things will be added to you. But it's one thing to know that, and it's another thing for that to be real to you mm. and allow the Lord to fulfill that promise in your life, And I think uh, this is a great application to Moses' situation in Exodus. He was knowing God's promise, but he needed to know the fulfillment.
2: Okay, we come to the final portion today, and I think this is just an outstanding conclusion. We've been talking about the El Shaddai, who is the God who promises. But in Abraham's experience, there was a point in which the God who had promised everything to him became the God of a covenant. And this transition is something that just should not be missed. Here's Witness Lee.
0: What was given to Abraham? Was that a promise or a covenant? Firstly, in Genesis 12, it was a promise. Then in Genesis 15, the promise became a covenant. And then in Genesis 17, The covenant had a token, circumcision. So eventually, what God gave Abraham was not only a promise, but also a covenant. In Hebrew study, God's promise is God's word. When God speaks to us, telling us, He will do something for us. This kind of word is a promise. But when the promise became with an oath, and this promise with an oath became a covenant, a contract. Let us read verse 8 in chapter 6 of Exodus. And I will bring you into the land concerning the which I did share to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give you for an heritage. I am Jehovah. You do have, Moses, a covenant. The promise I give to your forefathers was not merely a promise. It became a covenant already. Why? Because I promised by lifting up my hand in the new Testament. What was lifted up was not only a hand, but the whole person of the Lord Jesus. When you see the Son of Man lifted up, you will know that I am. The lifting up of the whole person of Jesus was a great, great oath to make all his promises, the covenant, by him uplifted on the cross. His being uplifted on the cross was a great oath to endorse all his promises. Making all his promises, no more promises, but covenant. The whole New Testament is a testament, a new covenant. It is not a book of teachings. It's not a book of doctrines. It's a contract. Contract endorsed, signed by his being uplifted. Not only so, listen to this. This will surprise you. He was not only uplifted to the cross; he was even too uplifted to third heavens, uplifted to the throne. Amen. The one who is sitting on the throne today is the strong symbol of the greatest oath in this two covenants, New Old Testament, Old Testament. Whatever plan God promised has been endorsed, confirmed by this great oath.
2: Matt, I I have to confess, when I was preparing for this program and listening to this portion, my first response just automatically after Witness Lee concluded this point was, wow particularly how he links this engagement with Moses uh, through the course that we've been tracking today to the Gospel of John and the matter of promises becoming a covenant, a contract, a testament. This is something, I think, that is deep and high, but yet it's a portion of all God's people, isn't it?
1: It is, Chris, and it applies to us as believers. He is the I am. That was his word to Moses. I am. Don't be discouraged. This is no problem for me. Yeah, (laughs) It's like he's, I've got this. Don't worry about it. I am. And the concept that we're touching here is of a covenant, an oath. It's greater than just a promise. So there was a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But now he's coming to Moses with a promise that becomes a covenant. It becomes an oath. And that's stronger. And then you fast forward to the New Testament in the Gospel of John chapter 8, and the Lord is saying, when I am lifted up, you yeah. will know. It will be clear. There will be no question anymore. As believers, we need to know the I am. We need to know him as a covenant to us. He's, pro- he's not only promised, he is the I am. Lord, you are the I am. You are. He will not fail. I don't think we can stress this enough. The Lord will not right, fail. Right,
2: right. He
1: is faithful. And just to underscore this fact, in the Gospel of John in chapter 18, when, when Judas came to him with a cohort, that was 600 soldiers. That was a division of the Roman military. And he said, who are you seeking? and And they said, we're seeking Jesus. And he said, I am. And those 600 soldiers and the other ones that came with Judas, they fell to the ground. He is the I am. And then they all get up and he says, Who are you seeking? We're seeking Jesus. He went with them. The Lord is in control. He is the I am. He can take care of whatever situation we're in. We need to know him as the fulfilling, oath giving, covenanting God.
2: Matt, I'd like to leave our listeners with one uh, hope today, and that is. The Bible is a marvelous book on so many levels, as literature, as poetry, as history, as doctrine, as teaching, and it's worthwhile to know the Bible on all these levels. But fundamentally, what we just heard today is that the Bible is not any of those things, if it's not foremost a covenant, a secured covenant, God's oath with a seal, with a pledge, with a sign, the I am is the fulfillment of all of the promises that we love to find and read about, whether it's in the Psalms or in the New Testament. But there is such an assurance, not only when he was lifted up on the cross as the brass serpent, but further, when he was lifted to the very third heavens and sits there today at the right hand of God the Father, that is the assurance that this is a covenant of the very God himself.
1: Amen, Chris. And if we would look at this Christ As Hebrews chapter 12 says, looking away unto unto Jesus, Jesus, he's the author and perfecter of our faith. If we're looking at our situation, if Moses had just looked at the discouragement, they may have never gotten out of Egypt, but God turned him away from the discouragement. And he wants to do that with us. Turn your eyes away from the things of the earth and look away to this one who is on the throne and he is not a failing God. He will not fail.
2: Matt, I'm going to walk out of the studio today looking away and looking unto Jesus. Me too, Chris. Great to have you. Wonderful program today, and I hope that you all will join us for our next one. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man, in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witness speaking, but to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there, you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.